0: Welcome to Wrestling and Everything, coast to coast, with your host, Buddy Sotelo Esquire, and wrestling's premier photojournalist, Mike Lano. And we have a very, very special guest tonight, and that is, I should introduce you as Kelly Slaughter, the daughter of Sergeant Slaughter. Thank you so much for being on this show tonight. It's my... I just got to say that if I had a bucket list of people that I wanted to talk to, obviously it'd be your father, but talking to you is almost as good because I, (laughs) I, you know, I, 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 I've seen all your wonderful posts on facebook and i love them all and so you you have a very interesting life all your own not independent of your your father but i'm sure you'll be able to tell us a lot of great stories about your father as well we hold him in very high esteem and i just wanted to share this one quick thing with you um and that is uh here this is in 2000 i was with sergeant slaughter over at the cauliflower alley club and your father spent a good lot of time talking to me and listening to me and he was one of not only was it one of the highlights of the cauliflower alley club meeting that i was at it was one of my life highlights because i've always admired
1: i've been cauliflower alleys uh, board photographer since 1987. i don't think i took that picture but no you did not no, you did not. It's one of
0: the few pictures I have that you didn't take, Mike. But yes, it's. Uh, uh, he, he was very congenial to me. Really, a wonderful gentleman, and I I look back on that that uh, conversation I had with your father with tremendous fondness. So you can tell him. You can tell him. Twenty two years later, he you know influenced somebody and and. He, he was really nice. I talked to him about the Grand Wizard and what it was like for him to have a manager because I was just starting out as a manager at that point and what it was like to transition from being a guy that didn't work with a manager to a guy that did work with a manager and also about other things in his career. But but uh, let, me, let me also uh, have you talk about yourself and tell us all about uh, what you're up to right now currently.
2: All right. Well, I actually just today this morning did a deca fit. Well, a deca strong. I don't know if you're familiar with like the Spartan races or anything like that, but um a deca fit it's basically there's 10 zones that you go through it's functional fitness. Um at burpees, rowing machines, the ski erg, um step overs Farmers carry. I mean, it was it was a lot, and I definitely went in there thinking it was going to be easier (laughs) than it actually was, only because it was so hot. It was It was miserably hot. Where was this? Where are you?
1: Um, You don't have a city, but what what state are
2: you? I'm in the Carolinas.
1: Oh, okay. (laughs) <laughs> the Bucks have first dad, and last names. Yeah, well, your dad had all that history in Mid-Atlantic and the Charlotte for the Crockett's, obviously. Yeah,
2: yeah. I'm in a suburb of Charlotte.
1: And is this thing that you're doing, is it sort of like a triathlon? Is it a personal or a group challenge? And are you an athlete yourself? How, how, how did your this go beyond, like, mere physical fitness?
2: Right. Well, I... I would say I am an athlete now doing these um, training for these Spartans (laughs) that I have to do. I don't have to do them. I love to do them and I have fun doing them. Um, But um, I actually started a fitness journey really a couple years ago, right when the pandemic happened. um, Maybe a little bit before. I've lost 125 pounds.
1: Wow, good for you.
2: Thank you. And just from going to the gym, I met, you know, you become friends with people that are regulars at the gym. When you become a regular at the gym, these people all the time and you're doing fitness together and I'm um, encouraging each other. And, um, they asked me to do a Spartan. And at first I said, no, I'm like, there's no way I could do a Spartan. You're crazy. <laughs> and they were like, you can do it. You could do it. And then I said, no, and then they asked me again and then they just kept asking and then i finally caved and said fine I'll do it and then I fell in love with it
1: <laughs> It sounds tougher than a triathlon because there's way more components right
2: Well the one I started with was a called a sprint because there's different levels of a Spartan race and the one I started with was a sprint it's a 5k with um, 25 20 obstacles that you have to do various obstacles climbing a rope um crawling through mud which you know over a hill and into muddy water and then back over a muddy hill and um under walls and swimming and um running because it's a 5k um I jumped over fire <laughs> right before I got to cross cross
1: oh, the finish yes.
2: So, um, I mean, it's pretty. You feel pretty, like a pretty bad A. I don't know if How I. How can... what
1: does this take? Is this over a cup, a, a day, or more than a day?
2: Um, well, I was with a pretty large team of people, and we all waited for each other. And you know, it wasn't. We didn't take it all that seriously. Um, and I think it took us the 5K. It was two and a half or three hours. I think it took us. Huh.
0: So, but but I, and by the way, and by the way, Kelly, I have two kids, but Mike swears all the time on this show.
1: So, okay. no, There's I will eight. not swear in the presence of Sarge's daughter, who I uh, <laughs> a, a great friendship. Speaking of Cauliflower Alley, twice he's given me a ride in his limo to the airport when the thing is all over on Wednesdays. Nice years nice. past, and yeah. uh, and uh, much, much respect to, to him. I didn't even know. I don't know his personal life. Are are you his only his child, or are there more?
2: Sure, I have an older sister. Hmm. Her name is Nicole. And does
0: she enjoy the the limelight of being Sergeant Slaughter's daughter as much as you do? You seem like that's that's your thing.
2: She enjoys being his daughter, but she doesn't want to be in the limelight.
0: <laughs> and and tell me what growing up with Sergeant Slaughter was like, what, what it's like to have a dad as a pro wrestler. That's a very famous pro wrestler, I might add.
2: Yes, he is. Um, it was he was a wrestler before I was born and he was Sarge before I was born. So I don't know any different. And we definitely got a lot of perks. Sorry. I have something on my face here. Here to my lip okay sorry about that
0: <laughs> that's the the beauty of of semi-live yes i guess i like, might be able to edit well, were, it but were you continue. born
1: when he was um sarge and working with uh, don kernodal in the uh, in charlotte you know against steamboat and uh, young blood and all of that stuff were you old yeah. enough to recall it or were you just being born about that um, time?
2: i mean don kernodal was my uncle don <laughs> So I remember, of course, my Uncle Don and I I remember all of those names and I know I've met all of them. Um but I was young. I was born in seventy-nine. So he was already sorry.
1: He was already in the tri I think, working for Vince Sr. then. Yeah. Which was, you know, the sort of the pinnacle of of, uh, of the career and uh Wow! Wow! Wow!
0: So, c- continue on
1: you're
0: telling us what it was like to grow up in that yeah. household. Yes.
2: Yeah, so, um, he did not bring Sarge home. He, my mom, made it very clear that you're not Sarge when you walk through these doors. So, you leave Sarge at the arena, and your Bob, and your Daddy. You know, when you come home, your dad to these girls and or your family, and, you know, there's no, my mom was not going to allow Sergeant in that house to order us around, <laughs> you know, uh, but we did go to events with him, and charity events, and um, I remember going to hospitals with him, and visiting kids in the hospital, and um, Goofy Games, he did that a couple times down in Disney World, and we all got to go, and all the perks that we got to see. I mean, as a little kid, I didn't know that that wasn't what everybody's experience was. At wow. You know what I mean? Like I had no idea. So then when I went and I wasn't with my dad, I was like, Whoa, this is a totally different, <laughs> totally different thing going on here. <laughs> um, but obviously I still have a good time. It's Disney world. How could you not? But, um, it's just funny. It's like, what do you mean? I can't use the private tunnel to go back?
0: <laughs> wow! So you got to like go to like the the like behind the scenes stuff because I, wow, that's great. Did did your dad really like the ability to to be able to be treated like that and go to special places and stuff? Because you your dad to me, having met him, seemed very humble and very like down to earth and not like the kind of guy that I think he's you
1: know, happy at all. But he would know best. But he never struck me as anybody that would um, want to be. on Yeah, that. big
0: time people. He never big time people. You know, his reputation has always been someone that has visited kids in the hospital. He always made time for his fans, and he seemed to genuinely like when people would react to him positively. And and I, I that not every wrestler is like that.
2: Yeah. He's always been very appreciative of his fans, always. Um, He knows that without his fans, he wouldn't be where he is today. He wouldn't have been where he was then. Um, One of my favorite pictures of my dad, I actually found it, um, I think, on eBay. And they had, it was a, um, a print of, they were, putting all of their prints into digital form and they were selling it, it was a newspaper or something. It was from back in the eighties. And all you see is my dad's hat, his glasses and his mustache. Cause his head is kind of down in a downward position. And there's a sea of people around him. A sea of people like you can't, it's, but you know, it's him. Because it's his campaign cover, it's his glasses, and it's his mustache. So, it's wow, so see any of my dad's merchandise that he has, he has a shirt that has the hat and the sunglasses and the mustache, and I designed that.
1: Wow.
2: Yeah, I designed that for his uh, birthday. Um, that is I wonderful for him, and we gave out those shirts.
1: Let me tell you uh, what kind of guy he is. Uh, which is very meaningful and it brings a lot of things together way before Ernie Roth, the grand wizard managed him, uh, when he was starting out and, uh, it was after his stint, we were talking about earlier where he was doing like a surfer, uh, kind of a superstar Billy Graham gimmick, uh, like Hulk Hogan and Jesse Ventura would, uh, you know, also do the same thing. But this was in Kansas City for Bob Geigel, and he appeared on some Keel Auditorium shows for the whole NWA president, Sam Munchnik. But uh, it, then when he went to the AWA, and he was working under a hood, a mask, as the super destroyer Mark, I don't know if it was Mark II. Mark II. yeah. Don Jardine, and then there was another guy uh, who would later work under a hood for Vince Sr. But Lord Al Hayes managed him as both the heel and a face. And the... Uh, Uh, Anyway, at at several cauliflower alleys, I think it was 2001 and 2002 and maybe three, he was in charge of um, Al Hayes in the wheelchair. And your dad took such tender, loving, loving care of Al Hayes, as you probably know, even more than I do. But I saw him there, you know, throughout the three plus days, always taking care of. You know his former manager and good buddy because you know many of us remember al hayes not as the buffoonish lord al hayes but i shot him in 73 in england when he was judo al hayes working with shooter hooker wrestlers the very best like uh billy robinson and, and mick mcmanus and those guys so to see your dad doing that and just the genuine friendship and love between these guys and tell Al Hayes. So can you tell us some of that? Do you know about your dad? I don't know if Al Hayes was living in Florida or in the Carolinas near your dad or.
2: I don't know uh, where he was living at the time that you're talking about, but I know for a time he did live in Connecticut. Um, But Lord Alfred Hayes and my dad were great friends. Um, He, very fondly called my dad Matthew, because when my dad would check into hotels or motels, he would said use an alias, and his alias was Matt Burns. Uh-huh. And um, uh-huh. so Alfred, because he, my dad says it's because he was English and he spoke proper English and he didn't use nicknames. Instead of calling him Matt, he would call him Matthew. And so that name just stuck. And it's funny because I, somebody tagged me in a post about my dad. And um, when I went to that post, there was a woman that messed, that had commented and said something about my dad, but she called him Matthew. And I was like, if she's calling him Matthew, I said, like, what is his, her name? And I looked again and um, her middle name was Hayes. Sure. And I, if you're calling him Matthew, you have to be Lord Alfred Hayes' daughter. And it sure was. So it was really nice to kind of run into her that way because we, I mean, we were around each other a lot. I was very young, but um, because my dad and Alfred were around each other a lot. Wow. So we can. Oh. her.
0: Yeah, no, that's uh, uh, now I I, I I I hate to 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 make this show about myself because it's it, I am so glad to have you on here, but for 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 psycho stalker reasons, I have to admit a couple things. One is I used to have a Cobra Core T shirt from the AWA that I used to wear proudly until it was stolen in my college laundry. It was the the Salta and Asinume at Capenamine. Like in a circle, and it had a big cobra in the middle. And I used to just—I I, people used to comment about it all the time, and, and I love the heck out of that shirt. Second thing is that when I was a hacker back in my early days of Atari 800 piracy, I actually used the name Sergeant Slaughter as my hacker name. So I—I right. I was known in the San Francisco Bay Area as Sergeant Slaughter. Yes, I'm sorry. This is this is confessional time, and yeah. then. I went to every match that your father had either in San Diego or Sacramento or San Francisco and one in Los Angeles because I was such a fan of watching him work. His high point being a tag team match that he had with Curt and Larry Henning in um, uh, the Cow Palace in a cage against the Road Warriors and Paul Ellerin. And you were, I think, six years old, five or six years old when that happened. Absolutely the bloodiest match I think I've ever seen.
1: Let's ask, did you go on the road? Because we've heard, and I I know um, Ashley Flair, who wrestles as uh, Charlotte, you know, which is great because they're paying honor to the city that made Flair and Steamboat and your father and so many others. I was one of the greatest territories of all time, and I'm a territory guy. I've been shooting, wrestling for MMA and boxing for all our, our genre magazines around the world since 1966 all the territories, lots of Japan tours. I wasn't on the one, I I can only recall one uh, all Japan tour but I'm pretty sure your dad uh, worked for New Japan for Inoki but the all Japan one would have been for Giant Baba and that would have been between his NWA and AWA days. But I'm just asking, we were talking about your experiences with your dad, but uh, it was rough on uh, lots of children when their father was away did you experience that? Because I, I would, knowing your father, the little bit that I could say I did, I would think he would make that a priority to not have that be like a flair thing where he's the world champion, never home, never seen his kids grow up. I tend to think he probably was there more for you guys. It's tough being a, a child of a wrestler or any kind of celebrity or what have you. That's why celebrities, real big ones, Rock Hudson, Doris Day, they would use fake names checking into hotels just as your dad did. But did you experience that or something different than other kids of wrestlers?
2: I did not go on the road with my dad. I was home with my mom and my sister and my dad was gone all the time. Um, He was gone for months when he went to Japan uh, he did, he went to Japan twice. Um, and both times he was gone for a long time. Um, what I remember the most about that time, because again, I was young. Um, I remember a jewelry box he brought me home and Oh yeah. that I still have. And my daughter wears now cause she's probably around the age that I was when he was there. Um, but, um, We did go to a couple shows, but not until I was a little bit older. And when we did go, the Iron Sheik and him were wrestling. And the Iron Sheik had a weapon and he kept moving the weapon from his belt to his boot. And the ref was checking his belt and his boot, but never when the weapon was in his belt and his boot. And uh, my sister and I just freaked out. Because we were like, he's going to kill our dad and we're going to have to sit here and watch this happen. And my mom, you know, took my sister out. Um, I think maybe for some reason I wanted to stay, um, but I don't think I watched. And then um, when he was, the match was over and he was leaving the ring. um, I don't remember this, but he says that I like tugged on his arm and was like daddy and he was like oh kelly you know and like brought me back stage and um <laughs> he said my mom was standing there with my sister holding her going i can <laughs> <You know? laughs> like i cannot believe you and he was like i didn't know she was going to do that i had no idea he was doing that
1: so did he smarten you guys up because most wrestlers That we're observing kayfabe and all that stuff. And now it's a different era, but I go back, you know, again to the 60s and they never smartened up. They kind of did perhaps with the, the wives, but definitely not their kids until they were at least 21. So did you get that to at least he could tell you, hey, you might see daddy in situations, but don't worry because we're, it's like dancing. You have a dance partner and we're not really hurting each other, we're protecting the other guy at the same time they're protecting us.
2: Um, I think he told me that he did not wise us up to the business until we were a little bit older. I was younger than 21, for sure. I was still in um, middle school. It was probably around the time that he went (laughs) and became the Iraqi sympathizer. It's probably when he was like, now I need to tell you.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask about that. I was <laughs> going to ask about that. How how did it feel, like, because your dad had been such a hero for so long, for him to become really one of the most hated people in the United States, not just, you know, in wrestling, so he was, but like he, in the United I, States.
1: night show with all that history, the cartoon show, the action figures, amazing. and then this thing.
2: You know, he had presidents tell him, that they stood up and did the Pledge of Allegiance while watching him do the Pledge of Allegiance on TV. You know, he was, he represented America. And so for him to turn like that, I totally get why, Um, I totally get now why people wanted to kill all of us. <laughs> you know, he got death threats, we got death threats, people oh. Um, come in and kill his family, and um, to kill him, of course, to bomb the WWE offices, to go after Vince. Um, I mean, it was definitely not an easy time for us. He had to wrestle in a Bulletproof vest numerous times. Um, As you know, they had to change the location of WrestleMania. um, I
1: I was there. It was supposed to be at the outdoor wasn't supposed to be at the uh, the outdoor Coliseum, they moved it to the sports arena. That yeah, was I'm
2: not where, but I know it was... I think you're right. It was an outdoor space. That was the
1: L.A. Coliseum, where the uh, the USC Trojans and the uh, L.A. Rams had played, so they had collegiate and then professional teams playing there. So it seats the way it could be configured up to 106,000.
2: Mm, yeah. Yeah, so they couldn't do it there <laughs> they had to go to wherever was the other place they brought it
1: that was a sports so area, yeah where they had yeah. better security tighter security one yeah. yeah, thing they- your your <laughs>
0: father was able to win the the wwf championship so how did that feel like for him that he was able to finally sort of as a career accomplishment become the wwf champion and and a significant one for historically how did right. that feel for your father
2: um, I mean, I don't know the answer to that. He's never, I've never asked him that. You would have to ask him that.
0: Get him on the show for us.
1: <laughs> let me let me ask you then, um, seeing yes, this you. insane business, really insane business. It's insane on a daily, if not weekly basis. Have you had any aspirations or what, what do you, what has been your, uh, what do you do, you know, like both, maybe you don't have to say as a career, but uh, are you in TV? Are you in uh, what, what do you do? If you can tell well, us.
2: I have a YouTube channel,
1: Slutter
2: oh. daughter, daughter, daughter Official. Um, and I basically, you know, vlog or po- video podcast with my dad And um, I've been after my dad. We all have been after my dad to write a book for a really long time. He has not done it. He, you know, I think he wants to do it, but I don't think he wants to really take the time to really sit down and think about it. And um, he actually really wanted to sit down with some of his friends like Don Cronodal and um, record conversations that they would have talking about things. Cause he was like, Don will bring up something that I completely forgot about, you know, but as you guys know, John passed away last year. So I was just like, you know what? He needs his stories out and we're going to do it this way. So,
1: and then somebody can transcribe it. Most wrestlers I, I did one book so far with Johnny Valentine called Rib, and it was nothing I had to give him a tape recorder, micro cassette. For two years he'd recount all these insane ribs that he did in the fifties and sixties. And now I'm working with Abdul the Butcher, but you just need somebody and they do all the grunt work and the subject, in this case your father, you know, might just be interviewed. So it's not as time consuming for the actual talent. As it is, you know, the other person has to do the big time uh, work like a Scott Teal, who has his own publishing outfit. He's done a number of incredible books, J.J. Dillon and Ole Anderson and Tony Atlas, who worked with your dad for years and years. But you doing this, that's like almost the next best thing. It's like shoot interview type stuff and recalling these things and your dad's a regular presence i think for a long time the guy's name i think is greg price who put on these annual charlotte reunions and it wasn't it didn't just have to be guys that worked there it could be you know from other great territories but the rock and roll express all of the four horsemen with flair and Arn and tully and all that would come in there uh, have you gone to a lot of those because probably a, a ton of big name book authors and publishers you know even ecw press would probably is probably the biggest one today and i'm sure mike holmes might assign somebody to do that if you're at all interested um you know because wwe used to have the assignment and choose the book deal but that's gone now
2: yeah he's been approached many times even i you know since starting the uh youtube channel i get people uh messaging me offering to um help out with writing a book for
1: him. He just... Well, we'd all love to hear it. I just want to... Wait, one thing, because I've taken pictures of him at a lot of charity golf events. What type of golfer is he, and do you also golf with him, or...?
2: I do not golf, and he is actually a really good golfer, although he... I don't think he's golfed in quite some time. He just um, doesn't have... The time or the want to do it anymore. I think it was hard on his body, so he's not um, golfing
1: anymore. Yeah, it, yeah, it activates injuries he had in the ring. Um, tell us about the podcast. So, how how many episodes have you done? How long have you guys been doing it?
2: Um, I just started the beginning of the year. Um, I, there's nine um, videos up there now. We just did a live. Um, double feature with uh, a friend of mine named Zazel, and he runs um, a YouTube channel called Sergeant Slaughter Slaughterhouse, which is you find anything Sergeant Slaughter at that. and That's
0: And that's how I got connected to you and to yep. Wayne Matai, is through yep. through Zazel. So, yes, he's an interesting character. Yeah. Definitely.
2: Um,
0: but your episodes are totally charming, by the way. I tell anyone that's a fan... If they like this podcast, go check out your podcast because you and your dad are, I wish me and my daughter could do something like that, that had that kind of interaction. There's nobody
1: in wrestling, father, daughter. I've not heard of anybody. Everybody's got a podcast from Chris Jericho to Jim Ross. And I think Bruce Pritchard and obviously Tom Pritchard, all these guys your dad knows. But there's nobody on the planet doing a father, daughter, wrestler, to my knowledge.
2: I I've never researched it. I really just did this kind of on a whim and I did it because of Zazel. Um, He asked me to be on his podcast and I said, sure, why not? And um, it just kind of went from there. And I ended up being like, you know what? If my dad, if I can get my dad to talk and, you know, do this with me, um, we can get his stories out there. And that's really my whole, again, going back to not writing a book. I really, you know, want him to get his stories out there. I don't want them, you know, he's not getting any younger and, um, I don't want them to disappear because he has great stories to tell and he's a really good storyteller.
0: He is from having met him. he absolutely is there's an interesting dichotomy to your dad is that you know, he was able to, you know, be in front of millions of people and and you know be sergeant slaughter and 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 be such a dominating force in the ring. But outside of the ring, he's very low key and very mild and seems like he he's almost almost awkward with the publicity that it generates, although he understands why. We're all fans. It's just there's kind of an aw shucks thing about your father, you know, yeah. that,
1: that like he's a I mean, real dude. He's not like all consumed. Many yeah.
0: Yeah. People. And and so it's there's sort of this weird dichotomy because when he turns on his character, I mean, it was something that really in the age of kayfabe, we all really believed in, you know, and 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 yeah, so for us, but... I'm sorry. Let,
1: let's ask her about the podcast. So you've done nine. Why don't you tell us about uh, what's we'll tell us about them so far. Wow. Cause it's hard to get somebody like him to open up. So a daughter could definitely do that. That's very unique.
2: Yes. So, well, last night we did the double feature with um, Zazel at Sergeant Slaughter Slaughterhouse. And um, we talked about the Montreal screw job. He was there. He was ringside with Vince and he, was backstage in the locker room when everything went down. So he told his side of the story of what happened.
1: Cause a lot of people don't know he was office like a Pat Patterson or Jerry Briscoe. He was office for many, many years. You know, I don't know on off. I don't know if he's on a legends deal or he's still part, you know, with things happening there. Now, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're, they're in need of experienced Guys, and, and hopefully in terms of script writers, the we'll go back to the, the wrestlers, the talent, the boys and girls, as opposed to, you know, ex soap operators that mm-hmm. don't have that passion for the business. And uh, right. but tell us about these. So uh, well, again, more about the episodes because it's, it's who else who could bring out more than a, a child? stuff from their dad so is he like shooting big time or is he still a bit reserved because he's old school and, and may not want to divulge everything to the general public
2: he got pretty heated last night he got pretty heated last night talking about undertaker mark calloway
1: in a a, a good way about like the documentary that just aired two weeks ago or he
2: was a little upset with mark calloway wow. like, like he kind of went off a little.
1: Well, that's a good tease to drive viewers to say. Mm. Now, I want you to talk about the episodes, but I hope you're talking about one of the greatest MSG or TriWF matches ever in TriWF, WWF, WWE. The uh, bunkhouse thing with he and Pat Patterson. People still say it was the greatest match, not just in Madison Square Garden, but overall. And then. The cool thing about him and Iron Sheik was uh, the way your dad turned from horrific heel villain, just walking past Iron Sheik Cosgrove, Crazy Cosro, mm-hmm. on TV. They just walked past each other, and that turned Sergeant Slaughter into babyface because I guess they had like a millisecond of words, and mm-hmm. he had just had a match where the fans booed and wanted to kill him. Uh, I think that was whatever year that was, eighty-two or eighty-three. And then the thing with Cosgrove. So that was an amazing feud. But the Pat Patterson, the bunkhouse thing, have you done a whole show on that? Because I could see him talking in a good two hours.
2: So is that a different match than the alley match?
1: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. The Pat Patterson, the, the alley one that was. Insane.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, we've touched on it a little bit. I did um, ask him what his favorite match was. And he said that match. Nice. Yes. Um, Do you have- I- uh, we've talked. We talk about a lot of things. We talk about music. You know, we don't just talk about wrestling. We talk about the music that we like.
1: <laughs> Wait, so what music do you guys both agree that you like? What music mm-hmm. like, What music do you guys both like that you've discussed then?
2: Um, we like the Eagles. We like classic rock.
0: Wow, I didn't know if you're... <laughs>
2: I like a pretty good range of music, but yeah, we have a whole show about music and road trips and the music that we will listen to on road trips together and be by classic country songs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Who were some (laughs) of his favorite country stars then? Like George Strait or
2: He liked all the classics. And uh, Merle Haggard and Johnny Cash and Waylon Jennings and um, Willie Nelson. And um, he also liked Vince Gill and um, the Judds and um, uh, Garth Brooks, of course. Um, So, yeah, I had to listen to all of that. I'm not a big country fan. I do appreciate all of those artists now but i just can't i'm a rock and roll girl and i like uh reggae music i call it california reggae um but yeah that's what like sublime and pepper and revolution and uh stick figure is my favorite
1: nice so, now Gwen stefani who's taken some ska and reggae in her earliest
2: Yeah, she, um, they all like came from the same area, Sublime and and Gwen, and no doubt. And there's a, um, she does a song with them, with uh, Sublime. So yeah, it's the same. That's
1: where I am. I'm in Orange County right now of Southern California. Um, You know, and I'll throw back to Russ, that uh, one of my best friends is uh, Chris Christopherson's wrestling son, Jody. Who had to quit after two neck injuries, but he actually trained at the, you know, the promotion that I was a photographer for and Russ was a heel manager for all pro wrestling in Northern California. And Jody's Russell for a number of years, but his dad, who has the place in Maui and Santa Barbara would always come in for his matches with uh, his current wife, Lisa and, and support him. And so the audience would go out of their minds. But it, it never dis- detracted, you know, having somebody like Chris Christopherson there, this huge, you know, country and easy rock and a lot of genres having somebody like that there. So, and even the, the, the kid that's on the All Elite Wrestling uh, competition to WWE, uh, Jungle Boy's, his father, uh, Luke Perry, who was the actor, not a musician really, although he did cut one record but so there's a lot of kids because wrestling is so popular due to actor yeah lou perry from 90210 his son Dylan. Dylan? yeah (laughs) and he uh, he's a big deal now with a former wwe star christian feuding with him so there's because of your people like your dad that transcended everything like a you know an elvis presley or what have you from entertainment all of these children of actors love wrestling more than what their parents do and wanted to get into it so it's kind of cool and that's worldwide not just limited to the u.s and canada
0: yeah now have you ever been tempted to get in the ring you know that we've sort of danced around the idea there but have you you ever wanted to, to do wrestling yourself
2: i did want to be a wrestler when i first found out that my dad was a wrestler i wanted to be a wrestler because that's I idolized my dad. My dad was and still is my hero and um, wanted to do what he was doing. And to me, what I, the women that I saw in the WW at the time was um, Elizabeth, you know, it was arm candy. There was sensational Sherry, but I think she came a little bit later um, and I didn't want to be the arm candy. I wanted to be fighting the boys. I wanted to be wrestling the men and kicking their ass.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and um, I wanted to be do- to be doing what my dad was doing. And um, there was no one like I didn't see that. And um, there was glow, but they weren't fighting the boys. They were fighting each other. And um, to me... Even as a little girl, I saw it more as a funny thing. Like to me, it wasn't serious. It was more campy than it was anything else. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful
1: to the Glow. No, Glow, they only had three weeks of training. So for right. actresses, they trying to do a spoof of WWF at the time. It was not mm-hmm. right. it, like other stuff. But did you get to see, I think the first woman in WWF who uh, around 97, whoever wrestled guys was uh, Jacqueline, the African-American female wrestler. And Lita did to a certain extent too. Amy Dumas.
2: I remember China.
1: Yeah, definitely Joni.
2: I remember Lita. I remember Jacqueline. I, I was not watching it at that time though. I was not, to be honest with you, I was not a fan of wrestling. I, um, My, I think because my dad didn't want me to be a wrestler. So when I was all, I'm going to be a wrestler when I grow up, he was like, no, you're not.
1: No, you're not. What was his rationale for that? He just didn't because he knew how difficult and.
2: He didn't want the wrestler's life for me. He just didn't want that. He knew what it was like and he didn't want that for me. And he kept my sister and I away a little bit from wrestling for that reason. My sister really wasn't into it. Um, I was definitely more so into wrestling than my sister was. And then um, I don't know what happened. It just kind of, I think around the time he became the Iraqi sympathizer was when we were kind of like, you're not going to that, you know, we I, it's not safe for you to even go and so it just kind of put a stop to it and we really didn't go back to any of his shows again until he was commissioner
1: I was gonna say after monsoon passed and he took over that big role
2: mm-hmm. yeah so it wasn't until then that um we really got so there's like a break that I really didn't um see that much of if that makes sense and I really only watched when he was on, when I was older. Do you, you know? think
0: though, if if you if it had all been fast forwarded to where women have a much greater role today in wrestling, and they do get to fight the guys every so often, yes. do you think you would have been more?
2: Wow, hundred percent. If I had been born just a little bit later, you know, I think a hundred percent I would have done it.
1: You see, uh, the rock star now is taken. Intentionally, Ava Rain, I think, is her ring name. A, a name, even though she's fourth generation, which Vince has always liked, it's a big deal in wrestling to be second, third, or fourth yeah. generation, like Mexico, where like nearly every kid of a wrestler, they don't have a choice. They can't go to music or design school or graphic arts or whatever. They're going to be a wrestler. But uh, she picked that name to specifically detach so the fans wouldn't think. Away. Exactly. Yeah of the my uh, uh, Maivia Johnson family, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Had you done that, did, did you ever uh, come up with like what your character might be or would it be like uh, Roddy Piper's daughter, Ariel? She simply just changed her name. I forget what she changed it to. It was like a color, like scarlet or something and was doing his eye poke and all of his moves. So she had no problem embracing his mm-hmm. character but others don't want to. They want to create their own niche all by themselves. Would you have been like?
2: A- I would have been. I would be slaughtered, daughter. And um I would have worn camo pants, a black tank top, a whistle, um aviators.
0: Call uh, people maggots. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to manage you. That would have been fantastic. I, I also wanted to, to talk about your link with the toys. The uh, the uh, Sergeant Slaughter toys. What's what's the deal going on with that?
2: So what do you mean my link with them?
0: Well, you promote you 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 you, you, you are, Do you have stuff with collectors that you help you know
1: uh, people who are collecting specifically? Does Dad have a gimmick line that you help run?
2: I do not. I don't help him run anything. Um, <clears throat> I am friends with a lot of those collectors. Um, so because of doing YouTube and mainly through Zazel, Zazel has actually been (laughs) a pretty integral part of, um, my YouTube experience so far and the people that I've met. And, um, so that's, he's a collector. So a lot of his friends are collectors. Um, so it just kind of has happened along that way.
0: And it's a big community. I think maybe you're...
2: Huge com- I had absolutely no idea. Like, I remember seeing these videos. They spend so much time making videos. There's, like, stop motion. There's animated stuff. There's...
1: Um, is it like I- Robot Chicken, if you're familiar with Adult Swim? Is it like that with just action figures? Is that what we're talking about? Wrestling action figures? You can't call them dolls. In Adult Swim. Oh,
2: you never okay. Adult Swim? um
1: they take action figures they animate them so it's like a a gumby stop motion
2: gotcha yeah there's like uh it's not like it's not like out of clay or anything like that
1: but these are action figures and they have celebrity voices seth i forget Mm -hmm. what the guy's name is not seth seth green seth green yeah seth green does it and he has like all of mia kunis And all of these famous stars, uh, Steve Carell. But it's
0: all very adult. Let's also put it this way. Very sarcastic, (laughs) very adult.
1: That's why they put it on at three in the morning.
2: Yeah, I've heard of it. And um, I remember when it first came out, people used to be like, Kelly, you have to watch this. It's hilarious. You would love it. And I just never got around to watching it for some reason. But, so I don't know, but it's, um, I mean, it's a huge community and, um, it's a really, it's a good community too. They all really, from my experience, seem to, um, support each other.
1: Is so, great to action figures or beyond wrestling action figures?
2: I mean, it's any kind of action figure or toy. It's a huge.
1: Oh, huge not limited to wrestling. Cause, uh, Right where mm-hmm. I am every day, we're getting the news thing on San Diego Comic-Con. And it's, you know, big, 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 big. Mm-hmm. Dwayne Johnson made an appearance yesterday to hype that new movie that has a load of action figures. Black Adam, that new thing that's coming out. Are you a big sci-fi Marvel DC person?
2: I am not.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, Joe had a good run in Marvel.
2: But your,
1: just... your dad has come to at least one Comic-Con, is he not? Oh, anything.
2: he goes to Comic-Cons all the time. Yeah. yeah, They're all
1: over the place. Like, chiller theater conventions, all of those things.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I all about it, and I know about um, Marvel and DC and everything. I mean, when I was younger, I loved Super um, Supergirl. But Wonder Woman was my... That was... I loved Wonder Woman. I think I might have dressed up like her for Halloween one year. Yeah. So,
0: not, not unusual so what is your father doing now you say he's very busy and he doesn't have time to write anything so what is he what is he really primarily focused on right now
2: appearances um he's been recording um uh, a movie really mm-hmm.
1: you tell us something about that without divulging or
2: i believe um i don't remember what it's called and it's a you know it's not like an A-lister movie or, you know, a huge budget movie or anything like that. But um, I think he plays like a coach. And it's uh, right. he's like coaching a wrestler to to get back. It's, there's something. I don't know exactly. We talked about it on the podcast.
1: role in Vern Gagne the wrestler? Because wasn't Sarge, was he in the second Vern Gagne Billy Robinson class or the first one with Flair? and Steamboat and Jimmy Brunzel. Do you remember no, which one?
2: i not sure which class he was in.
1: I think he was in the second one, and Vern and Billy only did two, and nearly everybody came out of it, became somebody big, you know, until I think that the one second. plane crash, the Ric Flair plane crash happened, and I forget who passed away in, in that one, other than the pilot. Uh, and thank goodness your dad wasn't on the... Bad thing, because I think he was in the territory at the time, almost.
2: We've talked about lots of plane crashes that um, he's not plane crashes, but almost plane crashes. He's got lots of scary airplane stories. Um, But, um, yeah, we haven't talked about that incident. And what he I'm sure he feels. um, The fact that he could have possibly been on there, that's a scary thought.
1: Because there were two within about six weeks of each other there was the bobby shane one in florida and then the charlotte flair johnny valentine one mm. uh, i forget That's who was on that flight that was crippled and had to quit his wrestling career bob bruggers i think was the guy on the Flair, the you know the mid-atlantic one with all the travel that he did do you does he enjoy travel do you guys travel Is that not a passion of his or what are some of his passions now? Russ is trying to ask, what's he keeping busy with? Is he traveling even, you know, now I guess it's a lot safer or, you know, than it was two years ago with COVID.
2: Mm -hmm. He travels a lot. Um, And he does a lot of different shows and comic cons and um, he's doing a a comic con in Raleigh Galaxy Con. I think that's coming up um, in the fall. No, it's the end of July. Um, he's doing that in Raleigh. Um, he's all over the place. I cannot keep up with his schedule. He does tell me all the time where he is, and it literally goes in one ear and out the other <laughs> because he's everywhere. Um, I Last night I said he was in New York, and I was wrong. He was in Pennsylvania. <laughs> so,
1: wow. Um,
2: He's all over the place and um, he continues to do it. So I think he likes to do it to a certain extent, Um, but yeah, so he's, he's all over the place, travels all over the place. If you, you know, there's been so many times where I'll say, I really want to go to some destination and he'll be like, oh yeah, I was there a few times. I'll be like, really? Well, what was it like? And how come I didn't get to go? You know? And he's like, well, the airport and the hotel were nice. Is <laughs> all he sees. Whereas. Yeah, and that
0: that brings up a, a topic. Also, is that do you think if everything was equal? Would he do it all over again the way that he's had it done or would he have wanted to spend more time at home, maybe not work as many shows or, or or take semi-retirement or a fake injury so he could spend more time with you folks or or was he, you know, this was the way it was supposed to be for him and, and he never looked back. What do you think?
2: Um, I've never heard him talk about regrets so I think he is happy with the way things have turned out i mean i'm sure there's things that he wishes he could have or maybe not wishes that he could do differently but things that he could have done differently but um i've never really heard him talk about regrets in his career
1: can you before i want to ask you about the size and then have you promote everything and everything you want to promote uh but did your mom i know your mom that put a a a, brunt of all of the work raising two daughters did she have a career what did what did your mom do or what were some of her passions
2: um my mom helped my dad with his career actually um he credits her to a lot of his ideas um he always ran things through her to get her opinion and she would um, tell him he was crazy to do something or he was crazy not to do something and um so he credits her a lot to that and helping um his character development and all of that and um, but she did eventually she got into sales uh gift sales and was very successful at that um um but now she's retired so she's um enjoys being a grandma yeah
0: And have you thought maybe about your daughter possibly having a future in pro wrestling?
2: Yeah, I've um, tried to see if my son has any um, interest in it. And he really doesn't seem that interested in it. But I really think my daughter, um, because she is exactly like me. Um, She's just a little spitfire and a free spirit. And she's not going to let you tell her what to do. And How
0: old are your kids?
2: Um, she's three and a half and
0: then my son is 10. You got a little ways to go. I got 11 year old twins. So it's, you, you've got a little bit of time before your daughter really takes over everything. And then, right. then by the 10 year old level, you're, you're out of luck.
1: Kelly, yeah. us, tell us, so I'm a little confused. Is SISO is it a subset or a specific channel of YouTube that you're involved with and the guy that helps you and your dad?
2: hmm So, did Zazel has a okay. called Sergeant Slaughter Slaughterhouse, and he started that channel a few years ago, and he basically did it for himself. He wanted a place that had everything Sergeant Slaughter, because he is such a major fan of my dad, and he wanted a place where he could go where there was everything. And, um, his page or his channel just kind of developed from that. And he reached out and asked if I would be on his podcast. And I said, sure. And so, uh, we've become friends and he's really been instrumental in helping me with my channel. And, um, he's been a really big help and, um, motivational and inspirational and he gives me good ideas and um he's been a lot of help to
0: he me. Hooked us up, so
2: mm-hmm.
0: and he hooked he hooked us up so it yeah. counts for something right let's there. Let you plug yeah.
1: everything everything that you've got whether it's wrestling related or if you have some charities and causes you'd like to plug but let's let you plug everything before we let you go
2: all right all right um My channel, Slaughter Daughter Official, on YouTube. You can also find me on Instagram at Slaughter Daughter Official. I'm on Facebook at Slaughter Daughter or Kelly Slaughter. Um, And I am really what my biggest passion is right now at this point in my life is fitness. And I'm training now for the Spartan races. I'm doing the super on saturday this coming up saturday which is a 10k with 25 obstacles and i'm really excited about that but i post about journey my training and all of that on my facebook and my instagram Uh, and i will do a whole show probably about uh the super after i'm done with that um i am really passionate about fitness. And I love, I love working out. And it's funny because three years ago, if you had said you're going to run a Spartan race, I would have told you you were crazy. I, three years ago, I didn't like to exercise because I didn't like to be sore and I didn't like to sweat. (laughs) And now if I don't get sore after workout, I'm like, did I really work out? And um, if I don't sweat, I'm like, why am I not sweating? I need to push myself harder. <laughs>
0: <And> given <laughs> that you're in Charlotte, that's probably not so
2: hard to accomplish. Not hard to sweat. You just yep. go walk outside and you sweat.
1: Kelly, <laughs> are you teaching? Any interest in teaching or motivating others as like a uh, exercise instructor or fitness trainer stuff?
2: I actually have considered becoming a fitness instructor because I love the fitness classes that I take at the gym that I go to. And um, they've been so motivational for me. And it's nice to be able to inspire others to get out there and move their bodies because I know what it takes to do that. And I know what it takes to go from a sedentary lifestyle to being more active and, I'm you know, I lost 125 pounds, so I get it and I've been there and I've been there multiple times. I've always fluctuated with my weight, but I always did fad diets and things that I weren't sustainable. So I really just had to make lifestyle changes to be able to be where I am now and find a love for fitness. Um, I took a bungee fitness class and that was fun. And I would totally, I actually.
1: How does that that work?
2: You're hooked up to a harness and a bungee cord and you do, so you can bounce and you can do like a burpee. Wow. And, but you're bouncing. Like a
1: hundred, 200 feet drop or much less?
0: No, it's all inside. It's all inside
1: it's not like when i think bungee jumping you know over the amazon yeah
0: no it's it's i i have a friend who ran a gym that had bungee uh cord fitness stuff and it's you know you, you try to res, it's the resistance that the bungee creates for you so you try to pull against it and you you can do certain moves and stretches that would be hard to do if you weren't being held up by the bungee cord so i get it i get it but
2: uh, yeah and so you can do a burpee, which um, you know I don't know if you know what that is, but you go down into a. Did walk. plenty of
0: those in high school, and I'm not doing any. Well, I I had a broken hip in 2016, so it's a different oh, story. It's a different story, but but uh, I'm glad that you're able to do all this stuff, and you're making the most out of what
1: you can. And uh, really, baby, which was COVID, and turned it into a mega positive, right?
2: Did I. When in the beginning, when one of the, um, well, you know, I gained a lot of weight with my pregnancy with my daughter and, um, I gave myself a year of breastfeeding to basically eat whatever I wanted, which was the dumbest thing I ever could have done because I gained a ton of weight, um, even more than, um, I ever had before. So, um, I lost all of that. Plus, um, Plus, a lot more. Um, But anyway, when I found out that um, obesity was, you know, a high risk factor and that me being sedentary and not being able to figure out the right foods to eat was possibly going to keep me away from my children, I could die. And, you know, it was scary to me in the beginning. And so I was like, I'm going to. I'm not going to let some virus that's named after a beer (laughs) take me down. (laughs) And so I started walking. And when I say that I could not walk a block, I could not walk a block. I walked three houses down and back the first time I went out and walked. And then the next day I went out and I walked five houses and back and then the next day i went seven houses and back and just every day i increased how far i was going i eventually worked up to i'm gonna do the whole loop around and then i did i'm gonna do two loops around you know so i just did baby steps and started that way and then a friend of mine asked me if i would get into come with her to a class and I did and it was um the best thing that I ever did because now I love it and um I would love to teach I would love to open up a little space where I could um offer some of these classes to people
1: you can do um, that online because you're obviously already motivating other people and helping others already just with your story but you can charge for classes and monetize it and all of that Right online and you don't have to you can do the other in person but you can also do the other
2: right and i'm not saying that i am an expert at any means i'm just this is what worked for me
1: and it's very inspiring
2: work for you too you know it's
0: very inspiring so um well we you've been a fantastic guest to have on the show go anywhere
1: because i want to Hang on when we close the show, because I want to send you some of these shots of your dad since the 70s.
0: Okay. And and we really appreciate you having you on here. Um, If, you know, your your dad is involved in a movie and you want to help us promote it, we'd love to help you promote it. Um, Or if you start putting classes together, we'd love to have you back on and you can tell us about your classes. You're just a wonderful guest, and we've really enjoyed having you tonight.
1: So if you ever want to promote, we'll promote
0: yes yes very
1: much so so
0: that's it for everyone for this week we'll see everyone next week good
1: night everyone